सहनावतो सहनो भुनक्तो सहवीकवाहे तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुम विषावह ओ शातिशाशाही नम श्रीशंकरानंद नम श्रीशंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोह सविलास महामोह ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे in this discussion that we are having now the author is trying to establish the distinction between mind or buddhi as it is called here and chidabhasa or the consciousness reflected in that <coughs> now he is trying to tell us that there are two entities involved in what we call chidabhasa or reflected consciousness that there is buddhi or the mind the reflecting medium and there is awareness that is reflected in that <coughs> and he wants to establish that for that first the question was raised how do we say that chidavasa or reflected consciousness is separate from buddhi separate from the mind because that chidavasa is there only when the buddhi or the mind is and when the mind is not the chidavasa is not naturally only when the mirror is then the reflection can be when the mirror is not the reflection is not and so also the various thoughts of the mind are comparable to mirrors which reflect consciousness and the reflected consciousness is called chidabhasa so naturally the reflected consciousness chidabhasa can be there only when the reflecting medium namely the mind is there so it is only when the mind is there the chidabhasa is when the mind is not that chidabhasa is not so how do you say that the mind and chidabhasa are two separate entities how do you say that the mind and the consciousness reflected in the mind are two separate entities how do you say because we never experience them separately we experience the reflected consciousness only when the mind is therefore how do we know that these are two entities separate entities and not that it is not one composite entity then the argument is that this is we find it we find in the upanishads that atma the consciousness entered this body and got identified with the body and the mind and that is how we have an entity called jiva or the individual self and for that a shruti or a statement of the upanishad aitareya upanishad was quoted kathan vidam sakshadeham in the verse 37 So verse 36 says dhiyuktasya praveshischet naitareye dhiyah prathak atma pravesham sankalpya pravishta iti giyate that an upanishad called aitare upanishad says atma pravesham sankalpya pravesham sankalpya atma or the self pure self first did sankalpa thought that i will enter this body and then he entered meaning the one who entered this body and we discussed yesterday the the purpose of describing this entry is only to explain the phenomenon of identification as i said entry is nothing but identifying atma the self is all pervasive there is no place or time or anything where he is not and therefore he cannot enter anything but here when you say atma entered the body we mean that atma got identified with the body who got identified with the body pure self therefore the aitareya upanishad and other upanishads also describe as though in a story form as to how atma having created the body and the sense organs and the whole equipment then thought that okay now i will enter this body how did he think kathan vidam sakshadeham 
So he deliberated as though how can this body, this complex of the body, mind, intellect, which is inert, how can it really exist without me? Unless I am there in that body, mind, intellect complex to provide the existence and awareness to this, how can this inert complex exist without me? And how can it function without me? And that even if it functions, what is the use of it without me? Suppose the sense organs etc. are able to perform their functions and gain a knowledge of various objects and, and gain various experiences. For whom? So the experiences gained by the organs of perception are ultimately for the self. The eyes gain the experience of forms and colors not for their own sake, but for the sake of someone else. The ears also gain the experience of various sounds and, and words and whatever, not for their own sake, for the sake of someone else. So elsewhere in the Upanishad it is said, how these eyes, ears and all these different, this different devatas or different deities, how they bring the various gifts for the self. So self for the Atma is the one for whom all the sense organs are functioning. And their functioning would have no meaning at all if Atma, the presiding deity, were not there. So thus, as though Atma deliberated, what will happen to this complex of the body, mind and intellect without me? How will it survive without me? How will it function without me? And what will be this purpose or motivation behind their functions if I am not there? And therefore, to really fill up this body, to give it some meaning and purpose, Atma entered. How did he enter? There also is said in a story form that he chose that passage for entry which is the most exalted passage. It could have, he could have entered through many passages available in the body, but he entered through the topmost passage in the crown of the head. So he split open, opened this, this is a soft portion here, and he opened that and entered the body, <coughs> entered this complex. Vidarya Murdasimanam Murdasimanam Vidarya Opening this, splitting open this, this center of the crown Pravishtaha, he entered Samsaradi Ayam and then it is the same self that is gaining, going through all the various experiences of waking, dream, deep sleep Happiness, unhappiness When transmigration from one body to the other who is undergoing all the experiences? That very same self. So in order to also enable us to see the identity between this individual self and the pure self, this whole idea, of this whole description of pravesha or entry is given. That who has entered this body? It is a very pure self that has entered the body. And therefore, who is the one who at the moment obtains as a karta, bhakta, the doer, enjoyer, happy, unhappy, the self that obtains right now, who is he? Is none other than the pure self. That shows how can the pure self, which is complete and limitless, how can he experience this doership, enjoyership, happiness, unhappiness? That shows that the doership, enjoyership, happy, unhappy, all of these are notions. And thus, Shruti reveals. The identity between Jiva and Brahma. Who is Jiva? The transmigrating soul. The one who experiences a sense of limitation. One who constantly experiences Kartrutvam, Bhautrutvam, doership, enjoyership. So one who experiences all this is called Jiva. He is none other than Brahma or the limitless because it is a limitless self that in fact had entered. And therefore it is that same limitless self that is gaining, going through these experiences. <coughs> And therefore, one, the one who obtains at the moment as a happy, unhappy self, as the limited or inadequate self, is none other than Brahman, the limitless. This is the purpose of the Pravesha Shruti or the Shruti or the statement of the Upanishad describing Pravesha or the entry of the self. It also tells us that Atma entered here. That means where is it to be known? He is to be known within, self, within our self, within the body. So, we don't have to go any place to gain the knowledge of the self. He entered inside. So, he is in the cave of the heart and that is where he is to be known. So, Pravesha or the entry, the purpose of describing this entry is, all these different purposes are there. But there, 
Upanishads say that it is the Atma or the pure self who entered and therefore that Kutastha or the pure, the changeless self is one and Buddhi or the mind is another entity. <coughs> now we go to verse 38 where a natural question is asked. Question that would naturally arise. Nanu asangasya atmanaha praveshopi ayuktahiti he says, you say that the self is pure, the one who entered this body-mind complex is pure self, changeless, limitless, unconnected asangaha, how can he enter? So what sort of description is this? That atma who is asangaha, unconnected, who is untainted, who is free, who is limitless, who is pure, who is awareness, how can he enter? So. This entry into this body-mind complex doesn't seem to make sense. How can, who can enter? A limited being can enter. Who can enter the house? A person can enter the house. But if someone says, space entered the house, how can we believe that? How can space enter? Space is everywhere, all pervasive, unconnected. So it cannot be, it is already there, even the house also. How can the space enter? So when someone says the space entered a part, it is very difficult for us to understand that statement of entry. And similarly also when it is said that the self who is pure, changeless, unconnected, all pervasive, he entered this body-mind complex, it seems doesn't seem to make sense at all. And this is the question that is asked in the next verse, the natural question. So verse 38 presents this question and the answer also. Katham pravishto sangascher Katham pravishto sangascher Srushtir vasya katham vada Srushtir vasya katham vada Maikatvam tayostulyam Maikatvam tayostulyam Vinashascha samastayoho Vinashascha samastayoho Question. Katham pravishtaha asangaha chet. This is part of the question. The question is, how can asangaha, asangaha means the unconnected, the untainted. How can he enter this body? How, 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 it doesn't make sense that the self who is unconnected, free, all pervasive, pure, that he entered the body, it doesn't make sense. This is what the Purupakshi or the opponent asks. Then answer is given by another question. Idam chodyam srushtavopi samanam. This question is, this, this question can be asked not only with reference to the self entering the body, this question can very well be asked with reference to the self creating the body. We are saying that you are asking the question, how can the self enter the body? We would say that, when is the question of entry? When can it come? Only when the body is there in the first place. So the same Upanishad says, the self created this body and then entered. Please tell us, how can he create? So how can the self who is limitless, how can he create? Because creation, as we say in the morning, creation is possible only when there is a certain purpose behind creation. And purpose means a desire. And desire means some lack or inadequacy. So for the self to create this world and create the body, there must be a desire to create. And the desire only shows lack or inadequacy. So self who is complete, how can there be a desire and how can the self create this body? For creation of the body also, where did he get the material from? If the self or the Atma is one without a second, then he did not have any help to create, he did not have any material to create, he did not have any hands and legs to create. How can self, which is devoid of any attributes, how can he create? So, when the question is asked, how is it possible for the self to enter the body? Our answer is, how is it even possible for the self to create the body or create this world? Even that also does not make sense. If the entry does not make sense, even creation also does not make sense. That is true. 
because Brahman or the self is limitless and how can limitless create? He is one without a second. What help did he have to create? What material did he have to create? What hands and legs did he have to create? He did not have any of this help with him and therefore creation is, cannot be explained meaning the creation as we find today just doesn't make sense. <coughs> then the Purupakshi answers Srishtikartuhu Mayakatvat Nadoshah He says, wait a minute. The creator here is that this is not a real creation. But Srishtikarta, meaning the creator is Mayaka, he is like a magician. Meaning the creation is due to Maya. Creation is due to Maya. Maya means this creation is what we call unreal. And it is a projection. It is not really there, but appears to be there. He says that the creation is not real and therefore there is no creation in reality but it appears to be there and therefore creation is mayakam, it's a delusion or it's a projection and therefore there is no creator to speak of but then Brahman the Atma is called creator only with reference to the creation. There is no creatorship in the self in the primary sense but he is called a creator only in the secondary sense because the creation is not real, creation is mithya or unreal and therefore the self being creator. So the creatorship that is assigned to the self also is unreal. Since the creation is unreal, the creatorship that is assigned to the self also is unreal. And therefore, mayakatvam, since the creator is like a maya, like mai or mayavi, mayavi means like a magician. How the magician creates things? From nowhere. Because what is created is not really there. And therefore, it doesn't make sense that a magician created an apple from nowhere or created a tree from nowhere or created a human being from nowhere. It doesn't make sense, but then that creation is only magical creation. Therefore, there is no human being or tree to be really there. And similarly also, Lord creates all this world like a magician. And therefore, it's okay. The Purupakshi says, that the creation can be explained because the creatorship is only maika, is only mithya or is only is unreal. Ayam pariharaha prashtariyabhi samanaha is alright. If you say that the creation really is mithya or is inexplicable, then we say that the entry also is inexplicable. Meaning it is not real, it is said only in a figurative sense. That the creation is not real, then the entry of the creator in the body also is not in the primary sense, it is only in the sense of figurative sense. Mayagattvam <clears> tayostulyam <throat> So the creation also is mayika. Then pravesha or entry also is mayika. Maya as you know is delusion or what you might call the inexplicable power with which the creation takes place. And similarly also the pravesha or the entry can be explained in the same manner. <coughs> Anayoho mayakatve hetuhu samanahityaha vinashasya samastayoho. And therefore, tayoho meaning srusti praveshayoho vinashaha samaha. And therefore, the srusti of the creation also comes to an end, and this jiva also comes to an end. Who is the jiva? That same self, the pure self, who is supposedly has entered this body and the mind. And therefore, meaning the one who is identified with the body-mind, and therefore one who is now called Jiva or the limited self. So his Vinashaha, his destruction also is Maika. His creation also is Maika. His creation also is unreal. The destruction also is unreal. The creation and destruction have the same degree of reality. And therefore, the creation is only the relative reality or figurative reality. So also the pravesha entry also is figurative reality and so this jiva also only has a relative reality and therefore the jiva's release also is the same nature. <coughs> this is being explained by quoting several statements from other Upanishads, from Bruhadaranika Upanishad in particular. As I said, what these kind of treatises accomplish is that in the process of these discussions, they also clarify 
or also provide the meaning of various statements on the Upa- various important statements of the Upanishads, where those statements may create confusion in our mind or doubts in our mind. So various doubts that prevail with reference to the statements of Upanishads are also clarified in the very process of this discussion. So, in the next verse, the author quotes this Vakya, Prajnana ghana evayate bhya bhute bhya samuthaya taneva anuvinashyadi na pretya sanyasthiti aupadika rupasya vinashitva pratipadikam shudim darshayati. In an Upanishad called Bruhadaranyaka Upanishad, there are many dialogues and there is one dialogue between sage Yagnyavalkya and his wife Maitreyi where the wife became the disciple of the sage. So there is this dialogue between Yagnivalkya and Maitreya. And there Yagnivalkya says to Maitreya at one point in time, talking about this jiva, how the jiva of the limited individual gets released, Prajnana Ganaheva, the self who is Prajnana Ganaha, the nature of pure consciousness, Etebhya Bhutebhya Samuthaya, he says, the self of the nature of pure consciousness, samuthaya. He alone gets identified with this body and mind complex made up of these five elements. Taneva anuvinashyadi. And he also, so what we call jiva is nothing but the pure self identified with this body-mind intellect complex made up of five elements. And when this body-mind complex gets destroyed, that jivatvam or the sense of individuality also comes to an end. So how long does the sense of individuality last? As long as the body-mind complex lasts. And this physical body comes to an end when its prarabdha gets exhausted. But the subtle body or the mind-sense-organ complex, that doesn't come to an end as long as ignorance is. So as long as ignorance is, there is transmigration from one body to the other. But when the ignorance also comes to an end in the wake of the knowledge, then even the subtle body, meaning the mind-sense-organ complex, also gets dissolved. At that time, jivatvam or the sense of individuality also comes to an end. And therefore, aupadika rupasya vinashitva. That is jiva who is aupadika, who is atma, identified with aupadi. He, this jivatvam or the sense of individuality comes to an end, that is being said in the verse 39. Samutha yaisha bhute bhya, Samutha yaisha bhute bhya, Tanye vanu vinashari, Tanye vanu vinashari, Vispashta midimaitre yai, Vispashta midimaitre yai, Yagni valke uvachahi. Maitreyai, the fourth case of the word Maitreyi. To Maitreyi, Yagnyavalkeha Uvachahi. He is something that is well known or something that is found in the Shruti that Yagnyavalkeha say to Maitreyi, his wife, in this manner. Samuthayesha Bhutemya Taneva Anuvinashadi. Esha prajnana ghanatma etebhya dehendriya drupebhya panchabhutakarebhya nimittabhutebhya upadibhya samuthaya jivatva abhimanam prapya. So, Esha, this prajnana ghanatma, the self of nature of pure consciousness, etebhya meaning dehendriya drupebhya panchabhutakarebhya. This complex of the body, sense organs, mind, which is made up of five elements. The, this body, the gross body, is made up of the five gross elements. The sense organs and the mind are said to be made up of the five subtle elements. So in the process of creation, the five elements are created. They are first in what we call the subtle state. And subsequently they undergo combination to become five gross elements. So when these five elements are in a subtle state, at that time, the sense organs and the mind, they are created. And by a combination, when the five subtle elements become gross, then from this grossified five elements, this gross body and all the gross objects are created. This is how it is said. Therefore, this complex, the body-mind complex, is made up of the five elements. Nimitta <coughs> bhutebhya 
So this is an upadi. Upadi is that which imparts its dharma or attributes to something that is close by. We are saying that this blue cloth is an upadi because it imparts its blueness to this crystal, which is itself colorless. But how the blue imparts its color as though to the crystal? Blue is called upadi. And so also, this body-mind complex is an upadi. It is limited. And it as though imparts this limitation to the self who is pure and limitless. The important thing is, even when the crystal appears to be blue, it is not really blue. And so also when the self appears to be limited, it is not really limited. And therefore, that sense of limitation is not real, it is unreal. So this is called abhimanam or the identification. Upadibhya samuthaya jivatva abhimanam prapya the Atma, the nature of pure consciousness, gets identified with this complex made up of five elements. Then it's called Jiva. Then where the mind goes, this Jiva also goes. Where the mind of the subtle body transmigrates from one, one body to other, the Jiva also transmigrates. And that is how, and when the mind undergoes various experiences of pleasure and pain, the Jiva also undergoes all those experiences. This is how the Samsaritvam or the transmigration is explained. Then, Tani Evadehadini Vinashyanti Anu Vinashyati. When this body, mind, intellect complex gets destroyed or comes to an end, when will it come to an end? When the ignorance comes to an end. This ignorance really, that is what we call the motive power which pushes this mind, in, mind etc., subtle body from one gross body together. And when the ignorance comes to an end, the wake of knowledge, well, then the mind, etc., this individual complex has no reason to continue. The nucleus has no reason to continue and therefore it is said to dissolve in its components and thus the body-mind-intellect complex comes to an end in the wake of knowledge. At that time, the jiva, who is nothing but the pure self identified with the body, so the jiva-tvam also comes to an end. When the mind is not there, there is no question of identification of the mind. And therefore, when the mind comes to an end or gets dissolved as a result of the knowledge, then jivatvam or the sense of individuality which arises from identification of the mind, that also goes away. Evam prakarena sopadekarupasya vinashitvam yagnyavalkeha in this manner, Sage Yajnavalkya told Maitreyi or tells Maitreyi in the Bhadaranaka Upanishad how the Sobhadika Atma or the Jiva Atma, meaning the self identified with this body mind complex, how that Jiva comes to an end. Jiva means the limited self comes to an end. There, the whole self does not come to an end, but the sense of limitation comes to an end. <coughs> And how the Upanishad also says that the Atma is limitless, indestructible. That is being said in the next verse. Avinashivare ayamatma anuchitti dharma. Again, Yagnivalka says, Avinashivare ayamatma. This Atma of the self is Avinashi, indestructible. Anuchitti dharma. Its ucheda or destruction cannot be brought about. Meaning the Atma is imperishable, indestructible. No one can ever destroy that. It is not available for subject. It's not subject to destruction or change. That is how the self is in the true nature. Therefore, it is called kutastha or changeless. It is shrutya. By this statement of the shruti of the Upanishad, kutastha tataha vivinna pradashitaha. The Upanishad clearly says how kutastha or the changeless self is different from this jivatma or different from this buddhi or different from the body-mind complex. So he said in the verse 40, Avinashyayamatmeti Avinashyayamatmeti Kutasthaf pravivechitaha Kutasthaf pravivechitaha Matrasam sarga ityevam Matrasam sarga ityevam Asangatvasya kirtanad Asangatvasya kirtanad.
Avinashi Ayamatma Yadi Kutastaha Pravivechitaha. That when Sri Jagnyavaka says to Maitre, that is Atma, the self is Avinashi, is imperishable or indestructible. Kutastaha Pravivechitaha. The author says that he finds here the support for his concept of Kutastha. He says the self is Kutastha or changeless. Says Upanishad also describes the self to be changeless. Upanishad describes the self to be indestructible, not subject to death. But when, when can it not be subject to death? Only when it is not subject to birth also. Because that which is subject to birth would be subject to death also. So when Upanishad says the Atma or the self is indestructible, that it is a body that gets destroyed. But then the self does not get destroyed. <coughs> That means the self is changeless. It is free from modifications. It is changeless. And therefore, Upanishads also describe the Atma of the self as Kutastha or changeless. Idi Kutastha Pravivechitaha. In this manner, Kutastha has been separately said. Kutastha of the changeless self is said to be separately said or said to be separate from the buddhi or the body-mind complex. Matra samsargahiti evam asangatvasti kirtanad. How also the Upanishad says the Atma is asangaha. Sangha, Sangha means to join. Sangha means joining or connection. Asangaha, one who is unconnected, unjoined, unrelated. So Sakti or Sangha means the association. Asangaha means Atma is unassociated or associationless. Meaning the Atma does not get associated with the body, does not get associated with mind, does not get associated with anything. Although it appears to be associated at the moment on account of its identification of the body-mind, but in reality Atma ever remains associationless. So it is said, Matra Asam Sargastvasya Bhavati It is Shrutya Avinashitve Hetum Asangatvam Chauktavan the Upanishad explains how do you say that the Atma is indestructible? How do you say the Atma is not subject to death? Because when the body dies, naturally the Atma who is inside the body is also going to die. He says, no, Atma is asangaha, associationless or unconnected. And that's the reason why even when the body dies, the Atma does not die because he is unconnected to the body. Just as the space is unconnected to the part. So when the part breaks, comes to a destruction, nothing happens to the space because even though the space appears to be in the part or appears to be enclosed in the part, that is not really enclosed, it retains its independent identity as being unconnected to the part. So space is unconnected to the part. Therefore, destruction of the part does not bring about destruction of space. And so also Atma remains unconnected to the body. Therefore, the changes taking place in the body do not bring about any change in the self. Self ever remains witness consciousness, changeless. And thus, asangatvam or unassociatedness or unconnectedness is presented as hetu or the cause for avinashitvam or indestructibility or imperishability of the self. <coughs> Matra asamsargatvam Asam sargasdu asya bhavati Miyanteiti matraha deha deha But the word matra is meant Deha deha, the body, sense, organs, mind Tabi asya atmana asam sargo bhavati ityartaha That atma or the self never gets associated with the body Or the sense, organs, or the mind Isn't that amazing? Self or the I is never associated with the body Or the sense, organs, or the mind Even though we always feel I feel that I am this body or I am associated with the body. I am the sense organs, I am the mind, I am my intellect and therefore I am the limitation that they all of them possess. I am also limited. If even when I say that, I or the self remains unassociated, unconnected, unaffected by the body, sense organs and the mind complex. <coughs> and therefore, changes happen in the body. Changes happen in sense organs, changes happen in the mind, the self remains changeless, 
in and through all the changes. He remains a mere witness in whose presence the changes take place. In whose presence the body, mind, all of them are alive. In whose presence the function. He is the very support of the essence of them. He is a substratum which supports or on account of which these, the mind, the sense organs, the body are what they are. But even then he remains unconnected. Just as the rope remains unconnected with the snake. The snake cannot be unless the rope is. The rope provides sattā and the sfūrti, the very existence and the very life to the snake as though. But even then the rope remains unconnected to the snake. And therefore no quality of snake ever, ever enter the rope. Even when we superimpose snake and various other notions upon the rope, the rope remains totally unaffected. And so also, even when we keep on superimposing the sense of individuality, the self ever remains unconnected and ever remains the same. <coughs> so by this it is said, the pure self is indestructible. It is aupadika self, meaning it is the jiva. Who is jiva? The pure self as identified with the body-mind complex. That jiva comes to an end, but the pure self never comes to an end. Thereby showing that there is jiva, who is subject to change and subject to destruction, whereas the pure self is the one that remains free from any change and destruction. When this is said, then there seems to be an apparent contradiction from Chandogya Upanishad. The sixth chapter of Chandogya Upanishad that you studied in the, in the summer, then there is a statement which the sage Uddhālaka makes to before his disciples, Shvetakedu, gives, if you remember, there is an example of tree given there. And, you know, so all right, if you take an axe and uh, strike the tree at the bottom, you don't cut it, but just strike. So there is a, a slight wound made there in the tree. Then what happens? that tree starts oozing some kind of juices showing that there is life it doesn't come to an end or if you again strike another place there also you can see the sign of life wherever you strike the tree the tree is alive everywhere suppose you cut one branch then that's all that branch is dead but then the rest of the tree is alive saying thereby that in the tree also there is a, a, a soul and because of which the tree is alive and suppose then it says that how long this tree can remain alive as long as the subtle body or as long as the soul is there in the tree jiva petam vavakilidam na mriyate na jivo mriyate saying thereby that this body jiva apetam vavakilidam mriyate that this body devoid of the jiva or devoid of the jiva atma the soul dies Jiva namriyate, but the soul does not die. So this is a statement from Chandogya Upanishad, which has been made in a different context. Earlier discussion said that the Jiva comes to an end, but the Chandogya Upanishad seems to say that the Jiva does not die, the body dies. It is Shrutya, Asya Upadikasyabi Avinashitvam Pratipadyate. So here the question is, that the Chandogya Upanishad seems to say that it is the body that dies but the jiva or the soul inside does not die asya upadika aupadika syabi avinashitvam pratipadyate that is aupadika jiva also is seems to be said by Chandogya Upanishad avinashi or indestructible ityashankya tasya hashrutehe dehantara prapti vishayataya na atyandikanasha abhavaparatvam ityaha so here understand this that we say that the jiva also does not die when the body dies why because as long as ignorance is this jiva continues this body comes to an end when the prarabdha is exhausted and then the jiva enters another body in order to again continue and thus jiva also keeps alive until the ignorance, as long as the ignorance is, and when the ignorance comes to an end, then alone the jiva dies. And therefore, this, this statement of Chandogya Upanishad says that the body dies, but jiva does not die, meaning thereby that the jiva transmigrates from one body to the other, not that it is 
it does not die in an absolute sense, even jiva also dies, meaning comes to an end when the ignorance goes. Tasyaha sutehe dehandar prapti vishayataya. That this statement of Shandogya Upanishad pertains to the dehandar prapti, that this jiva enters another body. Na atyandikanasha abhavaparatvam. That this shruti does not mean to say that the jiva never comes to an end, means to say that jiva transmigrates even when the body comes to an end. <coughs> and this is said in the verse 41. Jiva petam vavakila Jiva petam vavakila Shariram riyate nasaha Shariram riyate nasaha Ityatra navimokshortaha Ityatra navimokshortaha Kintulokantare gatihi Kintulokantare gatihi Jiva petam vavakila Shariram riyate nasaha Jiva petam jiva rahitam Jiva rahitam jiva tektamidhyavada Meaning, Chandogya Upanishad says that this body cannot survive when it's discarded by the soul inside. Who is soul? The Jivatman. The transmigrating soul. This body can be alive only as long as the Jiva, the soul is inside there. And when the soul discards this body and leaves this body, this body cannot anymore remain alive. But the body, that body dies, that Jiva or the soul does not die. When it is said, does it mean to say that the soul also is indestructible? He says, no. Ityatra tavimokshahartaha. It doesn't mean to say that the jiva is indestructible forever. Kintu lokantaregatahi. It only means to say that the jiva goes from one body to another body or from one world to another world. And relatively speaking, the jiva is indestructible with reference to body. But the jiva also comes to an end when the ignorance goes. <coughs> Okay, now a very interesting question is asked. Who is Jiva? The limited individual. The I, the limited self. Now it is said here that this limited self is destructible. It comes to an end. Nanu Jivasya Vinashitve. If you say that Jiva or the individual self is Vinashi, is destructible. Aham Brahmasmiti Avinashi Brahmatadatmagnanaghatade. Then, when someone says, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. Now, who says, I am Brahman? See, when the teacher is teaching, Tattvamasi, that thou art. And when the student says, I am Brahman, I am Brahman, meaning I am limitless. Who says that? That I is none other than the limited individual. It is a limited individual, or the Ahankara, or the Jivatma, the ego says, I am Brahman. How can the ego say that I am Brahma, I am limitless? Because he is perishable, he is destructible, he is limited. How can the limited ego say, I am limitless? Aham Brahma Smidhi, Avinashi Brahma Tadatmi. I am Brahma. Thereby showing that the I and Brahma are one alone. But who is I? I is a Jivatma, the limited being. How can the limited be identical to Brahman that is limitless? Therefore the statement, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahma, it doesn't make any sense. Because that I is a limited self. See, who is the enlightened person? Who gets enlightenment? Who gains his knowledge? The one who was ignorant gains the knowledge. Who was ignorant? That limited being was ignorant. And he alone declares that I am limitless. How can the limited being declare himself limitless? How can a human being who proclaims to be wise and limitless, how can he say that I am limitless? Because that I is a limited being. So it is a limited being who declares himself to be limitless and therefore declares an identity between Jiva and Brahma. How can it be? <coughs> nanu, so, Nanu Jivasya Vinashitve Aham Brahmasmiti 
avinashi brahma tadatmanyanam na ghatate it just doesn't make sense that this jiva and brahma be identical it is shankate that shankha or the doubt is presented in the verse 42 naham brahmeti buddhyeta naham brahmeti buddhyeta savinashiti chainatata savinashiti chainatata samanadikaranyasya samanadikaranyasya badhayam api sambhavad badhayam api sambhavad na aham brahma yadi buddhyeta savinashiti vinashi sajeevaha aham brahma yadi Brahma Rupena Atmanam na Buddhita. The question that this Jiva, whom you call the enlightened being, who you just described is Jiva is destructible. How can that limited or destructible Jiva declare himself with Brahman the limitless? So that is not, it just doesn't make sense, it is not possible. Meaning that the Jiva can never come to know himself as limitless because he is limited. How can the limitless be limit how can the limited be limitless? Or how can the limited come to know the self as limitless? And therefore, it is not possible. The statement Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahma, this statement just does not make sense. It's not possible. Na buddhyeta na janiyad. Vinashi avinashinoho egatpa virodhadi. See, this is Aham Brahmasmi, Aham means I, Brahma means Brahma, the limitless, Asmi means am. Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahma. In this particular, this is a very short statement. In this statement, this I and Brahma, both of them are placed in the same case. Both of them are in the nominative singular. Like Tattva Masi, that thou art, that and thou, both of them are in the same case, nominative singular. So when two separate words are placed in the same case, then that particular kind of usage is called Samana Adhikaranya, meaning those two words enjoy the same Adhikaranam or the same locus. Meaning that both of those words should mean the same thing. They should apply to the same entity. That is called Samanadhikaranyam. For example, Soyam Devadatta. We say that, hey, this man is Devadatta. So, this man is that, that Mr. Smith. When you say that, this man is that Mr. Smith. Suppose you see you in front of you a, a renunciate. And now somebody is introducing that renunciate to you and he reminds you that this person is one Mr. Smith whom you used to know ten years ago. So, this is this, this is that Mr. Smith, when it said, then what is revealed there is an identity between the renunciate who appears before you and Mr. Smith, whom you used to know ten years ago. The person whom you knew ten years ago was different. He used to be dressed differently and used to do different things. And the person who is in front of you, the renunciate, dressed quite differently, doing quite different things. But this statement, this is that Smith. It reveals the identity between this and that. This means the one who obtains at this time and place. That means the one who obtained at that time and place. This is that Smith reveals the identity between this and that. So here the word this, the pronouns this and that, both of them are placed in what we call nominative singular. And therefore they refer to the same entity. Similarly also, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. That I and Brahma also are placed grammatically in the same case, nominative singular. And when two words which otherwise mean differently are placed in the same case, then we should understand that both of them denote the same entity. Meaning I and Brahma denote the same entity. There is what we call identity between I and Brahma. Just as there is an identity between this and that in the statement this is that smith and so also in aham brahma there is an identity between i and brahman so question is when you say i is a limited being and brahma naturally means limitless 
how can this how this statement is possible how can the limited being be limitless how can i which denotes the limited self and brahma that denotes limitless how can they denote the same entity so how can they be placed in the same case vinashi avinashi vina avina vinashi avinashi noho ekatva virodha vinashi the destructible and avinashi the indestructible they cannot be one they cannot be identical to chet samanaadikaranyasya badhaya api sambhavat now the point that discussion is a slightly technical discussion मुख्य सामनाधिकरण्य भावे भी बाधायाम सामनाधिकरण्य संभवाद। So the सामनाधिकरण्य meaning the two words or two or more words being placed in the same locus and therefore denoting the same entity that can be either in the primary sense or in the secondary sense. <coughs> like this देवदत्ता and that देवदत्ता or this myth and that myth both of them are one entity alone. And therefore, the samanadikaranyam is in a primary sense. However, sometimes the samanadikaranyam is in what we call the bada, in the sense of negating what is false, <coughs> which will explain a subsequent verse. Mukhya samanadikaranyam abhave bi. When we say that you, that I am Brahma, we do not mean the identity in a primary sense. I, as it obtains now. or i as i know it now is not brahma the limitless and therefore that i am brahman that I, the identity between i and brahman is not in a primary sense badhayam samanadikarne sambhavat but then there is badha meaning there is negation of the false aspect of the i when you negate the false aspect of the i then alone the remaining the true aspect of the i is identical to brahma the i as i understand it today meaning the limited individual is not declared as identical to brahma but i that i really am meaning when i i negate from myself what is what we call the false aspect the sense of limitation which is a sense which arises on account of the identification of the body etc when that is negated then the identity between i and brahman is Uh, is understood then alone i is identical to brahman jeeva bhava badena brahma bhava avagantum shakyate there were negating the jeeva bhava or the sense of jeevatvam brahma bhava avagantum shakyate then alone it is possible to understand that i is brahman or limitless sunnatat samadikaranyasya padhaya visambhavat <coughs> the next verse explains this by giving an illustration बाधा सामनाधिकरण्यन वाक्या प्रतिपत्ति प्रकार वाचकार सदृष्टाथमर्थवाक्योदाहरणपूर्वक दर्शयति हियर इन द नेक्स्ट वर्स दि ऑथर गिव्स इन इलस्ट्रेशन टू शो हाउ दिस प्रोसेस कॉल बाधा सामनाधिकरण्यम ऑर्ड्स बीइंग द सेम लोकस बट द आइडेंटिटी इज रिवील्ड बाय निगेशन ऑफ द फॉल्स आस्पेक्ट how that takes place is being explained in the next verse with an illustration in verse 43 yoyam sthan of pumaneshah yoyam sthan of pumaneshah pumdhiya sthan dhirva pumdhiya sthan dhirva brahmasmi brahmasmi dhiya sheshapi brahmasmi dhiya sheshapi अहम बुद्धिर्निवर्त्यते अहम बुद्धिर्निवर्त्यते देयर इज दिस स्टेटमेंट हियर स्थाणुरेशः पुमान सपोज देयर इज ए एन एरर और मिस्टेक कमिटेड देयर इन आवर परसेप्शन हियर इज एन इलस्ट्रेशन लाइक दिस दैट इन दिस सेमी डार्क सिचुएशन that is what is standing there is a person let us say a man is standing there and you mistake that man to be a sthanu or a stump of tree sometimes the illustration is given the other way around that a stump of tree is taken to be a ghost here it's the other way around that a man is standing there and you take him to a stump of tree 
Now then someone comes and says to you, Sthanureshah Puman. This stump of tree is in fact a man. Suppose this is said, this, this stump of tree is man. Then stump of tree and man, both of them are placed in the same adhikaranam, in the same locus, in the nominative singular. And therefore grammatically both of them are identical, meaning they denote the same entity. But naturally it doesn't make sense. How can a stump of tree be human being? Or how can a man be stump of tree? So sthanureshah pumanadhi asmin vakke purushatva bodhena sthanutva buddhi nivartyade What is the need for saying this? What's the need for saying that this stump of tree is man? Is because what happens to be man is falsely taken by me to be a stump of tree. So there is what we call a superimposition there or an error committed by me. Error is not the right word, superimposition is a word. That when in fact standing a man, I superimpose the stumpness on that and I think that this is a stump of tree. Like the rope snake. When in fact there is a rope, I take that to be, I project a snake there and I perceive a snake there. Then somebody would have to say, this snake is rope. This snake is rope. Meaning thereby that the snake is false and the rope is real. So when these two contradictory entities are said to be identical, meaning when a statement reveals, seems to reveal the identity between two altogether contradictory entities, then we have to say that one of them is real and the other one is false. This snake is rope. Naturally, snake cannot be rope. Then why is it said? Meaning thereby that you think that it is snake and that notion is false or what you take to be snake is in fact a rope. What you take to be a stump of tree is in fact a man. Similarly also, Aham Brahmasmi, what is presently taken to be Jiva or limited being is in fact Brahman. Thereby, just as when it said, what you take to be snake is in fact a rope, that snake buddhi or the notion of snake drops off and the knowledge of rope takes place. Or, sthanureshahapuman, that this stump of tree is in fact a man, then that sthanu or the stump of tree that I thought it to be, that notion goes away and puman and the knowledge comes that this is a human being and similarly also when it said, Aham Brahma, I am Brahma, then I, which I took to be a limited being, the sense of limitation of Jivatvam drops off and that I is revealed to be Brahman. Meaning that is that limitation is a sense, is a notion. That notion of limitation drops off and the knowledge of the true nature of I, that it is limitless, that knowledge takes place. So sthanureshah pumanadhyasmin vakke purushatva bodhena so by this kind of an instruction, how that false notion goes away. Evam aham brahmasmiti bodhena aham buddhi karta hamasmiti evam adhirupa sarvapi nivartyadeiti. And similarly also, by this upadesha or the instruction, aham brahma, I am brahma, that, that I thought that I was a doer, I was an enjoyer, I was jiva, I was a limited being, that sense of limitation that is born out of the ignorance of myself, out of taking the non-self to the self, that notion drops off and Aham Brahma, the true nature of I which is Brahman, becomes revealed to me. So this process is called Vada Samanadikaranyam or the Samanadikaranyam which involves negation of the false and thereby revealing the true nature. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi 
मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम शातिशाशा हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ